is the economy just fine or are we witnessing substantial deterioration? Now we know which way markets have been betting for quite some time, obscene levels of inversion. But more and more the data comes in in the United States, especially the labor market, as well as in other places around the world like China, we, it, more and more it looks like, yes, substantial deterioration is taking place. But there are those who are gonna continue to claim that everything is fine, there's nothing going on here. But as this data comes, as the markets continue to progress in the direction that they have, they end up looking more and more desperate because as the context builds, as the weight of evidence builds, it looks like more than just your garden variety slowdown of a red hot economy coming back to more normal. As I said, we've got data from China, we've got data from the, quite a bit of data from the US labor market as well as manufacturing, we're looking at layoffs now, we're looking at a slowdown in hiring, we're looking at a whole bunch of stuff that is consistent with much more than just a minor slowdown or a minor adjustment. Substantial deterioration in a whole bunch of things. We'll get to all that and more in just a minute. But at first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. Uh, if you're interested, we have exclusive membership video content background behind the monetary system, how everything works, how everything fits together, the implications and consequences, history, all that great stuff. Check us out at eurodollar.university. We also have a couple of subscription products, a daily briefing that I put together as part of a bundle at Markets Insider Pro. You can look at that at marketsinsiderpro.com, as well as my daily deep dive analysis where we really get into the details of the eurodollar system, the money and macro implications and consequences of everything here. All of that information available at eurodollar.university. So where are we going to start today? I think a good place to start is actually in China. Before we get to the U.S. labor market and layoffs, some really ugly data from the Chinese. Uh, the PMIs that were released yesterday, last night, or I guess earlier this morning, Chinese time, you just awful. The manufacturing PMI was down to 48 incredibly low level, but more importantly, new orders fell to 46.4. Non-manufacturing services sector in China, 46.7 with new orders, 42.3. The production composite, which is which puts together the production or output compo uh, components from the manufacturing and non-manufacturing together, that was 47.1. But that's just lockdowns. That's what everybody is going to say. It's the zero COVID institution or the zero COVID imposition and interference in the economy. And these sentiment indicators are reflecting nothing more than the political pro process of pandemic restrictions. And while that might be true to an extent, that does not explain the weakness in China. That doesn't explain the trend in China's economy that supersedes all of these individual lockdowns. And there's also something else that goes along with this, and that is there's this pervasive belief, this pervasive risk on belief that once China emerges from its lockdowns, once China throws off its zero COVID policies, the Chinese economy is going to rescue the rest of the world in the nick of time. And any day now, Xi Jinping is going to awaken from his, his dream nightmare state going to not only ditch zero COVID, he's going to go back to the Keynesian way of doing things and introduce a massive round of stimulus. 
And as the Chinese economy sinks deeper and deeper and deeper into what looks like, for China anyway, a growing abyss, this belief only gets more and more and more desperate because China is a huge part of the global economic system. And without China, quite a lot of that global economic system is in serious trouble. So even if we say the manufacturing PMI at 48, some of that weakness is due to the lockdowns imposed in certain places in China, not all of it is. And more importantly, the direction the Chinese economy is taking, the trend, regardless of these short-term lows, remains intact. The Chinese economy is not going to suddenly resurge. It's not going to suddenly be reborn. And it sure as hell is not going to be reborn by a reawakened Xi Jinping borrowing from the Keynesian textbook. They've made that amply clear in any number of ways, political, economic, policy, whatever the case may be, as the economy has fallen off. The authorities in China have done very little. They've basically sat on their hands and said, this is the way that's going to be. As I said in previous videos regarding China, including one just recently, there's a whole, re a whole rash of background reasoning why that's the case and why it's likely to be continuing, why it's going to continue to be the case. And we also go through this reopening fantasy every time these lockdowns happen. Remember back in April, Shanghai, the east coast of China, big lockdowns, the major lockdowns. We saw PMIs plummet, we saw economic data plummet, and then May into June, we got that risk on uh, percept, that risk on claim that the Chinese were going to come back and save the world. That once Shanghai was reopened, boy, you're going to see a massive amount of activity from shippers to goods to even services in China for a little while, maybe even commodities. And it never happened. It fizzled. There was never any reopening bounce, which was the far more important part than the lockdowns and the lows in the economic data. Even look at something like retail sales on the high side or industrial production in China. It never really recovered from the last lockdown before we get into the next one. It's like technical analysis in stocks. When you see lower highs and lower lows, that tells you what the trend is going, or what trend is going on in China's economy. So why we can say 46.7 and the NBS non-manufacturing PMI, that 46.7, some of that is lockdowns, not all of it is. So the Chinese economy, substantial deterioration. And over the last year and a half, it's proven time and again, whatever wave of COVID, whatever restrictions, whatever excuses have been made along the way, it continues to go lower and lower and lower, weaker and weaker and weaker. Here in the United States, however, we started today with a more optimistic tone. U.S. GDP was revised higher to 2.9% quarter over quarter annual rate from 2.6% before, which kind of set the tone along with the China's going to wake up any day now uh, fantasy. So we've got the U.S. doing a little bit better. China maybe. Well, that ugly economic numbers are nothing more than lockdowns. And once we get rid of the lockdowns, everything will be fine again. Put those two things together. You've got a bit of risk on and optimism in U.S. markets. But is that really the case? Well, in terms of U.S. GDP, most of that 2.9%, in fact, all of that 2.9%, uh, including the, the previous 2.6%, 
was really a quirk of the GDP accounting, largely due to falling U.S. imports compared to rising U.S. exports, net ex or net trade, net, net trade. And in the revisions for the third quarter, the second revision uh, that were released today, that, 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 that difference became even larger. The imports fell a little bit more than the BEA had originally estimated. Exports were a little bit better than the BEA had originally estimated. Therefore, uh, net X was revised higher, accounting for almost all of that increase in the revision to 2.9%. Now, there was a small increase in a small rev upward revision to consumer spending, therefore a downward revision somewhat to inventory, but by and large, the story of Q3 GDP, or Q, yeah, Q3 GDP in the United States was this import-export imbalance, which we know is not going to keep up going forward because exports have already tipped in the other direction. They're going to be falling. And while they're not going to be falling as much as imports may be, they're not going to have the same, for, same kind of export boost, which we're already seeing in manufacturing, which we'll get to in just a minute. By far the most important data, while there's a lot of focus, a lot of attention on GDP, we got a couple labor market numbers, which usually are, um, they typify both the mainstream optimistic interpretation as well as more serious, as I said, substantial deterioration in the economy at the same time. We can look at the same data, and if you look at it in isolation, you can come to different interpretations. We're still in that level of ambiguity, but that level of ambiguity seems to be declining as more and more data shows up, like in China. First, we started with the ADP employment report. The ADP employment report, it's a private, uh, private payroll provider, so not considered the same level as the BLS payroll reports, which we'll get on Friday, but still, after redoing their entire economic data and methodology, ADP's data has shown, like a lot of other economic accounts focused on the labor market, substantial deterioration in labor. For the month of November, ADP says employment growth was plus 127,000, which is one of the weakest numbers we've seen in quite some time. More importantly, however, was the breakdown by industry. So 127,000 clearly going down like this. We're We've been weakening and decelerating since April, which again, consistent with a whole bunch of labor market data. However, breakdown by industry, manufacturing minus 100,000, layoffs in manufacturing, not a good sign there. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. Um, in professional and business services, a very key cyclical indication, minus 77,000. Financial activities, housing market in the toilet, minus 34,000, and information industries, minus 25,000. There's your tech layoff starting to, to, starting to show up in some of the mainstream labor market data. So how, if we got all these job losses, where was the positive? Because remember the overall was plus 127, and ADP says, well, there were plus 224,000 leisure and hospitality jobs, the lowest rungs of the employment ladder, as well as the usual 55,000 plus 55,000 in education and healthcare, mostly non-economic in nature. So the cyclical stuff like manufacturing and professional business services 
almost minus 200,000, while leisure and hospitality, as well as the non-economic portions of the economy, were, off, were enough to offset that for this month. I would classify this as substantial deterioration, especially with the layoffs in manufacturing and professional business services. But Nella Richardson, Richardson, the chief economist with ADP, disagrees with that assessment. She says that while companies are no longer in hyper-replacement mode, fewer people are quitting, and the post-pandemic recovery is stabilizing. So again, the mainstream take, which is essentially that the economy was red hot last year and it's only slowing down to a more stable, more uh, less inflation-y kind of uh, situation, which will create the, which will lead to a Goldilocks scenario of a soft landing. That's what Jay Powell wants everybody to believe and you better believe every mainstream credentialed economist is going to parrot that line no matter what happens. And if you sit here and think about 127 and those layoffs as nothing more than the pandemic recovery is stabilizing, you could convince yourself if you look at this stuff in isolation and say just the ADP report, maybe that's the case. 127 isn't a good number by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not negative either. There was some waiters and bartenders and um, you know everything else to offset the cyclical stuff. But we also got the JOLTS data today from the government, the BLS, the same folks who put out the establishment survey and the CPS and CES stuff that we'll get on Friday. The JOLTS for October, so this goes back one month further than what we're going to get the November payroll report on Friday, job openings 10.3 million. While that's down substantially from earlier in the year, it is still incredibly huge. So again, you look at that and say, Things don't look so bad. There's no substantial deterioration there. If anything, the job market remains red hot. But as I have said about especially job openings for about a decade now, it is an unreliable indicator for a variety of reasons, including, and I've heard this from HR professionals who've contacted me and said, yeah, we do exactly what you, what you say which is sometimes they double post for jobs. Sometimes they post for a job and then the job doesn't is no longer active, but they leave the job opening up. There's double counting. There's, there's various tricks that HR people use. Essentially, sometimes they post for jobs that they're not even really planning on hiring because they just want a consistent flow of job applications running through their department so they can keep up in case the company does change its mind. Now, the BLS technical specifications frown well they're supposed to weed out this kind of behavior but it's clear that they don't and in fact we see this go up they see this discrepancy between all the rest of the jolt stat and job openings every time we go through an upturn in the economy in 2021 was absolutely no different except in 2021 it took things to an extreme but it's not me it's not just me that's noticing that this job openings data the is way out in its own outlier territory. There was an article in the Harvard Business Review just recently that looked at some of the data that's posted or that's available from LinkedIn. And I got to thank my friend Stephen Van Meter for sending me this because he said, this is what you've been talking about all along. And here's the Harvard Business Review suggesting exactly that. Essentially, they looked at their own data on job openings, uh, LinkedIn's labor market tightness metric which they calculate as the number of active job openings posted directly on LinkedIn divided by the total number of active applicants. And then they sort of uh, they do some other calculations 
where they try to figure out what an active applicant is. They also measure the intensity of recruiting because that's part of it too. But anyway, the upshot is, and you can read the article if you wish, but the upshot is asking the question, if job openings to unemployment ratio is indicative of a very tight labor market, then why does real wage growth continue to be so tepid? That's the question that we've been asking about job openings for the ver for for a decade now, ever since the best job market in decades, going back to 2014. If the labor market was as good as everyone says, we would see wages be so much better. And one potential reason, the article says, for this anomaly is that the labor market is not actually tight. And this is where Janet Yellen came in when she said, maybe we're missing a bunch of hidden macroeconomic slack. She said that in 2014 and then promptly forgot all about what she said. So anyway, when you put together LinkedIn's data, their measure of labor market tightness, the, as the article says, the, analys the analysis suggests that the labor market did not tighten as much during the pandemic as implied by the conventional job openings to unemployment ratio, which both job openings and unemployment have proven, un the unemployment rate have, have been proven time and again to be unreliable. So if you're thinking that job openings represented the red hot economy last year, maybe it wasn't so red hot to begin with, and now we're slowing down, that already changes the interpretation considerably. But we also have the rest of the JOLTS data, which for me, the most important number there is the higher rate, which at 6 million is not awful either, but that's still benchmarked to some of the other BLS number. And more importantly, it is on a clear downward trend at 6 million. That's the lowest since last January, and it doesn't look to be slowing down in any time soon. So you look at Jolt's hires, you look at ADP, we've got layoffs. You can say that this is an economy that's doing nothing more than slowing down, but we look at some of the stuff that said the economy was red hot and it doesn't look like it's so red hot anymore. The interpretation changes drastically, especially if the slowdown does not appear to be slowing down. And so let's wrap this up by going back to manufacturing. Again, ADP said 100,000 layoffs in manufacturing. And all the recent data that we've gotten from the manufacturing sector, including today another one, the Chicago ISM or Midwest Survey, 37.2. That's an incredibly awful number, as well as new orders. New orders for the Chicago ISM, 30.7. Substantial deterioration. Remember what S&P said, S&P Global said with their manufacturing PMI, which unexpectedly declined to 47.6 in its flash November reading. The S&P said demand conditions worsened as the fourth quarter progressed with new orders across the private sector falling in November at the fastest pace since the initial pandemic wave in May 2020. With the exception of the early stages of the pandemic, this decrease in total sales was the sharpest since 2009 substantial deterioration. It's not one thing. It's not one thing or another thing. It's all of these things, even ADP, even the job open. When you look at job openings in the more proper light and context, considering all the flaws in the number, what you see is this going down, down, down. You look at that, you look at the manufacturing data. Now we've got layoffs, we've got layoffs and all the cyclical stuff. What it tells you is the same thing that markets have been telling you all along.
We're moving in this direction. And now that we're ending, we're getting toward the end of 2022 into 2023, massive inversions, substantial deterioration in the data. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me as always. Massive, huge, sincere thank you to Eurodollar University members, as well as all our research subscribers, both the daily briefing at Markets, Markets Insider Pro, as well as the deep dive analysis. Uh, again, more information, eurodollar.university. Until next time, take care.